Welcome to Live Your Full Life Now podcast. So we are um, going over the uh, story of Esther, the book of Esther. I mentioned that it's 10 chapters. So we're in the third chapter and I'll try to cover more than one chapter, um, hopefully at least two. So we ended the story uh, in the last podcast with um, Esther becoming a queen and um, the queen of Persia. And King Cyrus is the king of Persia. Remember how she was an orphan girl, a Jewish orphan girl, being raised by her cousin, Mordecai. Remember the Jews were um, taken into captivity by the Babylonians. They were taken into exile. And the Babylonian Empire fell into the hands of Persians. And now um, the king of Persia was Cyrus. And I talked about how Esther became a queen. And so that's where we ended. So now what's going on in the palace at this time? So um, there's this man by the name of Haman who serves in the king's palace. And somehow he has favor with the king. Uh, king Cyrus honors him and gives him uh, pretty much the highest um, honor by making him the highest official above all the other officials and nobles. Pretty much he makes Haman his chief advisor. And also there's uh, also uh, at the king's command, everybody at the gate is now supposed to honor him by kneeling, right? And remember Mordecai, who was King Esther, I'm sorry, Queen Esther's um, cousin, he was by the gate. He probably just was there a lot because, his, because of the concern he had for Esther. Uh, but that's where he was. And Mordecai uh, was the person who refused to bow or kneel uh, for Haman, who is now one of the highest officials. Remember, King Cyrus made him the highest official in the palace. And Mordecai would refuse and would not kneel before him. Now, let's let me give you guys a little bit of history on, you know, who Haman was, uh, uh, a little bit of background on Haman. So Haman was an Agagite, and he was more most likely a descendant of Agag, and who was Agag? Agag was the king of Amalekites. Amalekites were longtime enemies of uh, of the Jews, and actually God had asked, uh, had told Saul when he was a king to, um, he had told them to get rid of Amalekites, you know, to fight them and to destroy them, but Saul refused. So here they are, uh, you know, this is Haman, again, a descendant of that nation who has this deep hatred for the Jews, right? So now he learns that he knows that Mordecai is a Jew and Mordecai will not kneel or bow down to Haman. So what does Haman do? Does he just um, punish Mordecai? No, because of the deep hatred that he has for the Jews, he wants now to get rid of all the Jews in all the provinces that uh, King Cyrus rules. Remember, there were 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush that King Cyrus ruled. So um, he pretty much abuses his power and he goes before the king and he actually lies to the king and he says, well, part of it was lies, he says, you know, there's this nation that lives amongst us and they are different than us and they do things differently, but, and, and they don't honor the king. They don't obey our laws. 
and um, <clears throat> it says he they live in all in all your provinces, and their customs are different. And it is in your best interest, King King Cyrus, that you don't tolerate them. It's in your best interest that we destroy them all. And he at the same time he also offers to pay rewards, pay money. Uh, he says, I will give. Uh, 10,000 talents of silver to the king's administration for the royal treasury. So he's even offering pretty much a reward, you know, a prize for them <clears throat> to be killed. And since he's now the chief advisor to the king and king trusts him and trusts his judgment. And so the king says, you know, do as you please. He even gives him his uh, signet ring. So, <clears throat> so then there's this decree issued in all the provinces under the king's authority. But remember, the king really doesn't know what's going on. He's just trusting Haman and believing everything he says that these people are harmful to us and they will, um, they don't obey the king's laws. You know, that was Mordecai was one person who didn't kneel for Haman and Haman was just so prideful and um, you know, and again, deep hatred for the Jews that he just used his position of authority to come against all God's chosen people at that time, right? The Jewish people, um, the nation of Israel. So then what happens next is uh, again, this decrees issue, just imagine, just imagine if you were one of those people, how would you feel? So we're still in Esther 3, and I'm on verse 13. It says, dispatches were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces. Remember, there was 127, with the order to destroy, kill, and um, annihilate all the Jews, young and old women and children on a single day. And this day was supposed to be the 13th day of the 12th month. Now, how did Haman come up with this day? They, he cast lots, and that's the day it fell on. So um, a copy of this text and edict was to be issued as law um, in every province and made known to the people of every nationality so they would be ready for that day. Can you imagine, like, message sent? Now, this is the law in every province that these people are going to be killed. But, you know, it, a law ordered by the king. Just imagine how these people are supposed to feel now, right? Fear, anxiety, hopelessness. They're feeling injustice. So um, the Bible says that they were in deep mourning, you know, that um, um, they, there was wailing and mourning uh, for uh, this uh, edict that was issued. This was where the, the nation of, the, 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 uh, you know, the people that were Jews heard this message. And just think, think about it. Like they hadn't done anything wrong all of a sudden. There's this day that, that you're going to be killed. We're going to come and kill your wives and, you know, the husbands and the wives and the kids and everything you have, and we will plunder and take everything you have. So it's like a death sentence, right, for the nation of Israel that now was living um, among um, Persia, right? So what happens next is <clears throat> obviously Mordecai is a Jew, and he's, also going through this morning and you know in the old days when people went through mourning they would put on sackcloth and ashes on their head which was a sign of deep grief and deep mourning so then um esther finds out and she doesn't even know you know like 
a lot of people who live in their, you know, palaces now and um, their people in the authority position, they're, they're not really living the everyday lives of people who are out there working and living. They're living in their, uh, you know, uh, beautiful uh, palaces, have no idea what's going on out there. This is kind of mirroring that. So Esther doesn't know what's going on, but she hears that her, uh, her cousin Mordecai is in deep distress and, uh, you know, he's put on sackcloth and ashes, which was a sign of mourning. And she wants to know what's going on. So uh, she sends her, um, uh, the, the eunuch that is assigned to her, which is, which is one of the king's eunuch, and his name is Hathok. So she sends him to find out what is going on with Mordecai. Why is he in, is he in deep mourning? So Mordecai tells the eunuch, go tell Esther what's going on. And he also gives her a copy of the text of the edict. And this is an S. Now we're in Esther 4, verse 8. It says, he also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their uh, in annihilation uh, that had been published in Susa to show to Esther and explain to her. Um, and he told him to instruct her to uh, go into king's presence and beg for mercy and plead with him. Um, for her people. So remember, Esther is also a Jew, so which means she has to be killed too, right? And she has no idea what's going on. So Hathok, the, the king's eunuch, goes back to Esther and he tells her what Mordecai had told her. Like, this is what's going on. We're all going to be killed. And um, so immediately the, the first thought that comes to Esther, I'm sure she's in a panic mode too, but she's thinking, what can I do? There is nothing I can do because... I can't just go before the king like Mordecai told me because it's the law. If you go before the king, if you're not summoned, you, you will be killed unless the king raises his uh, gold scepter and that would stop them, stop the soldiers that are guarding the king from killing the person who came before the king without them being summoned. to come. In other words, the king had to summon a person to go before them. If anybody just chose to go, they would be killed. So she sends the message back to Mordecai, like, I'm, I'm so sorry, but there's nothing I can do because if I go before the king, um, I'll, you know, a, a, a big chance I'm, he's just going to, I'm going to be killed. And so isn't that our natural reaction immediately to think of a way to protect ourselves and to defend ourselves? Um, that's just part of our um, nature. So Mordecai, says, okay, go give her back this answer. And this is in Esther 4, chapter 12. It says, do not think that because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. So he pretty much tells her like, don't forget you're also a Jew. If there's an edict that the Jewish people will be killed, you're going to be killed too along with your family. But if you decide to do nothing and remain silent, you know, uh, God is still going to deliver us. He's saying God will find another way to help, um, you know, his people. So uh, he's like, and then he, he reminds her like, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget you're an orphan girl. 
living in exile, being raised by your cousin, and now you're a queen. Don't think you were a queen always. You came to this position. God gave you favor one step of the way. You got there. Why? Maybe it was for this day. Maybe it was for this reason that you will use your position of authority and risk even your life to save the nation of Israel, to save your people. They were her people, right? Um, so this message, the eunuch takes this message back to Esther. And so she um, receives the message and she's like, okay, okay, so I'm going to do what I need to do. So Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. She says, go gather all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all Esther's instructions. So what's going on now? Remember, Esther is in a power position. Um, she's going to now she's saying, OK, I'm going to go before the king and I'm going to take a chance. And, you know, there's a very strong probability that he that I will be killed. But I'm going to take that very small chance um, that the king will hear me. And he's the one who has power to change this because he's the one who remember who gave the orders. Right. Being manipulated by Haman to kill all the Jews. The king really didn't know what's going on either. He kind of just believed whatever Haman said. And um, so she decides to go take a chance with her life to use her position to save her nation. And this is the end of chapter four. So I went over two chapters today, chapter three and chapter four. Again, feel free to read it on your own, more in details if you want to know all the details, obviously, I can't read everything line by line or we'll be here forever. <laughs> but um, so this is where I'm going to end this teaching that Esther has decided to take action to save her nations. And remember, all the um, Jewish people now are in warning and fear because there's this date that is coming up that the order has come that you're going to be killed. Not only your freedom has, taken, has been taken away, but you have no right to defend yourself. And it's a decree and order by the king that you're going to be killed, all of you. So that's the scene that we're going to leave it as. And we're going to continue with this teaching. So until the next teaching, God be with you and God bless you.